Yeah, there we go. That's what I'm talking about. How you doing, man? Yvonne. Wait a minute. First off, I got let me introduce you for those for the people that don't know who you are. We got an actress. We have she's a wife. She's a hustler. The one and only Yvonne Sanat Jones. <laughs> Thank you, Troy. Uh, oh, so good to see you. Oh, yeah, same here, man. I haven't seen you in so long, man. How you been? I've been good. I've been good. Yeah, I told my husband, I was like, I'm about to get on the line with Troy today. He's like, yeah. oh, hey, Halo's friend. Yeah, and you know, I remember, I, you know what's so crazy, man? I remember you met your husband back when we was working at T-Mobile, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yep. man, that was I remember him too. That was so long ago. I remember that, man. Y'all was like two lovebirds, I swear. <laughs> but no, look, I just want to get straight into it, right? Since this is your first time on the show. I, you know, I usually start off, you know, with you know with who you are and what you, you know your background. So uh, so let me get it right. You grew you was born in, in um was it Texas or where was you born at? Yeah, I was born in Dallas. In I'm Dallas. Born. Yeah, but I was raised in California since I was like one years old. Me and my mom came out here. So you move all you move immediately a year later and came straight to California. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what part of California did you grow up in? In South Bay, right next to our shop. Oh yeah. Oh, oh yeah, you was local. That was nothing, man. But let me ask you, how was it like around, let's just say, okay, what elementary school in South Bay did you attend? All right, so I went to I, I grew up in Carson. Okay. Um, and I went to I went to a Christian elementary school uh, uh -huh. called Pacific Harbor, um, in Wilmington, and then from there I went to Jackie Robinson mm -hmm. in Long Beach. Okay. It's still there, and then uh, and then from there I went to Cam's for high school. That's a um, that's a high school on Cal State Dominguez Hills campus. Oh, it's called Cam. See, I never knew they had a high school on that campus. Yeah, yeah, it's um, it's cool. I mean, they don't let you. There's no sports because CSUDH uses all of them for their facilities, yeah. you know. Um, so there's like water polo and <laughs> like track. Mm, understood. So it's really no football, basketball, or none of the, the the more popular sports. I would say. Nah, nah, nah. So no cheerleading, no basketball. It was definitely all academia for sure. Okay. Uh, which is funny because I went there and I became an actor. My brother went there five years later, like not eight years later, mm -hmm. and he's a rocket engineer. <laughs> oh snap! It's a math and science school, California Academy of Math and Science. So he made good use of the math and science. I, I kind of just went the other way. <laughs> I, you know, it's, I never met a rocket scientist a day in my a scientist a day in my life. <laughs> That's pretty dope. That's pretty dope. So let me ask you, just in Carson in general, like when you was just in in, in, in elementary, junior high school, right? What was it like growing up? How was the environment? Was it was it fun? Was it bad? What was it like for you? You know, it was a little bit. Uh, it was a little bit different for me because I went from a Christian school where everybody knew my name, everybody knew my family. We had like fifteen people in the class that we went to church and went to school together. Yeah. So it was like tight knit. Um, and then I went to my first public school for uh, for seventh and eighth grade before high school, and it was rough because uh, my dad, I don't know if you ever, I don't know if my dad ever came to the store, but my dad, who I call my dad, is my stepdad, he's white. Okay. And my mom is Latina. 
So mm. my dad would show up in his in Long Beach, right? He'd show up in Long Beach, right. everybody would be outside in a ranchero with cowboy boots, like right. playing country music. And, <laughs> and I go to the car, right? I go up to the car. So right. I got teased, I got teased a lot and um just because, you know, I, I wasn't raised with anybody black in my house. Understood. So it was it was rough because, you know, I think in junior high, especially when you have people who don't know you, it's a big public school. Everybody likes to click up. Mm-hmm. And it was like I didn't I didn't really have a click anywhere and I didn't really, you know. So it was rough, but uh, and I almost got beat up a lot of times. Oh my god, Yvonne <laughs> fighting. I can't Samoan even imagine. Me out. The Samoans. <laughs> oh, shout out to them. Shout out to Samoans. That's shout out to the Samoans. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> they came to my age. <laughs> right. That's a good thing. Um, yeah. And so then, uh, but high school was cool because we were all nerds. So we were all used to being bullied. So then we all come together, the, the popular kids were the smart kids who were getting you your, your A's in class, you know? Right, right. So it was a nice role reversal, and I feel like that's actually when I first started being okay with being myself, because, you know, it's junior high, people are trying to identify with themselves. Once you get to high school, start getting into college, people realize, like, you don't have to act one way to be your race. You this know, like, right. there's people coming from all over the world who identify as Black, identify as Latina, but doesn't mean we all have to act the same, you know? So it helped a lot in, in high school once, you know, we started all realizing that about each other and just accepting each other and stuff, so. Well, that that's pretty, That that's a trip. That's a crazy experience. That's funny you had brought that up because like you said, I believe there's a stigma to, to you know, when you, when you're black, you have to act a certain way. You have to speak a certain way. You have to to do certain things in order for people to say, "Okay, you're black," or "Okay, you're black enough," quote unquote. And like you said, the older you get, and you, you start to realize that there is no one way to be black. I'm born. I am who I am. I don't have to. I don't have. I can be who I am and still be what I was born as. You know. Yeah. But that, yeah. Yeah. That's it's pretty like said and we don't realize it negatively affects our community like you know i feel like definitely when you're a kid it's like oh you have to talk black or something like you can't sound educated outside of but that when was that ever something that we decided on i feel like that was something like that people above us said like oh well we're going to keep you uneducated so then you have a, a bunch of people who did not have access to the same kind of education. So True. then that became almost a cultural part of ourselves, which is awful, that then we're trying, you know, not we, but if we're not careful, we might try to bring that into where we are now. And it's like, no, we should have had access to the same kind of education as everyone else, which would have probably meant we all sounded a little bit more, I guess you want to say white. <laughs> uh, and, and you know, what some people call it white or slash, more of us would be speaking proper English, I would say. Yeah, but I, the nice thing also is that now in our world, it's like we get to still speak the way that we do culturally. Yeah. That does not negate the fact that we're intelligent. You know, like we don't have to then assimilate and be like, oh, we have to sound this way. If we, It's not one or the other kind of choice. So that's what I do respect about our community is like right. we accept each other as we are, hopefully, mm-hmm. you know, as much as possible, we try. And that means we come in all different, um, you know, backgrounds right. and, and everything. So I really, I love that part of, of being Black. 
<laughs> you know, people, well, let me ask you, people, because growing up for you, right, do you think it was, because it sounded like you couldn't fit in or find a place anywhere, right? Yeah. Like, or do you feel, were people always confused by you because of the way you look and then you pop out and you can speak fluent Spanish as well? Like, <laughs> they always, it's kind of a confusing thing, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I related closest to Latino culture because my mom raised me and then I had a really big extended Latino family from mm -hmm. India and everybody spoke Spanish. Right. So growing up, it was kind of like a shocker to me to have my race actually be something of a conversation piece because it was like, oh, I'm just, I'm just Yvonne and I happen to speak Spanish, but I look like this. So right. Afro-Latina has been something I've actually really embraced now because I feel like a lot of people who are Caribbean and Latin or who are just have two of those ethnicities, you know, mm -hmm. it's, it does make you a certain kind of way where you don't just, you can't just say I'm only one, I'm only black or I'm only Latin, like, right. you know, and so it was hard growing up because people can put me in a box. I couldn't put me in a box. I definitely tried to for a while. But the nice thing is, as you get older, you start meeting people who just embrace you the way you are. Right. You know, although it was funny because we worked at T-Mobile for so long and yep. then we had one of our managers who's Mexican, but he didn't speak Spanish, right? Right, right. <laughs> and uh -huh. so then people would go to him and be like, hey, and they start speaking in Spanish. And Wrong then he and then they're looking at him like, first of all, you must be lying. And second of all, like, why am I going to talk to her? Right. They're looking at him like, you lying. You just don't want to do your work. <laughs> oh, he can't speak Spanish, but she can. You yeah. know what's so crazy? I, I think that's pretty dope, though, because it's almost like, because your, your biological father is Haitian, correct? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So Caribbean, my dad's from Haiti, and then mm -hmm. my mom's from Bolivia, South America. Well, see, I think I think it's pretty dope though, cause you kind of get the best of both. It's the it's this whole crazy combination of of everything, and you can communicate with most people. Yeah, you speak the English, you can speak Spanish, and we know Spanish is spoken in a lot of different countries. So mm -hmm. that was that was pretty dope. Like, would you did you when you you always knew Spanish in junior high, elementary too? Yeah, so my, it was my first language because it was just me and my mom until she remarried. Mm -hmm. uh, and then she, I feel like she kind of felt like it would be disrespectful to only speak Spanish in the house since my stepdad, my dad, didn't under, doesn't speak Spanish. Understood. Uh, and so in the house, it was more so we would talk to each other in Spanish, you know, if it was just us. Mm -hmm. But I lost it, to be honest with you. I kind of lost the language um, in junior high. And think, it wasn't until I started working at T-Mobile when I was oh. 18 that I started seeing Everyone who spoke Spanish was doubling their sales. <laughs> Getting money. Getting money. And yes. I said, okay, I'm going to have to tap back into it. So I just started trying. And the nice thing is that the, I feel like very much so in the Latin community, they're very forgiving. And mm -hmm. if you mess up the language, they'll correct you, which is nice, because then you don't go making the same mistake. But right. it really helps go ahead and continue to speak it and speak it. And then I hit up my Spanish co-workers and they would help me out like like contract is not contracto it's contrato uh -huh. like it's, you know everyone oh, look, there she go there she go she's showing y'all the skills <laughs> she let you know the skills is real 
<laughs> so we were all working down that sheet. I just found it too. I just found that. You remember the sheet we had to mark off all the questions we asked? Like, okay, did we ask about this plan? Yep, sure do. Uh, yep, I sure do. Oh man, that was so long ago. That's crazy. <laughs> so in high school, you was it okay? So you go from you went from Christian Junior High School. I mean, Christian school, but pretty much a private school to a public school, which was like a total culture shock. <laughs> you go from that, and then that you trans, you, you you transition to high school, and during high school, we know that's when the Samoans had your back, right? Uh, junior high, the Samoans had my back in Long Beach. Junior high uh, in Long Beach. <laughs> now, what, <laughs> did you still deal with the same stuff in high school as well, or was it was it a little bit different? I think it was different because there you had, so you could only get into CAMS the freshman year because they really wanted people to spend, to work on team building. So you have the same class for four years. Yeah. It was public, they only accepted people the first year. And because of that, it became almost like a hybrid. There were a lot of mm -hmm. students like public school, but everybody knew everybody else because you have like group projects, you gotta go to each other's houses. You know, you know, everybody's dads, everybody's moms. So it was kind of a hybrid where we started knowing each other. So it was like, oh yeah, Yvonne, Yvonne's dad is white and her right. mom Latina, you know, uh -huh. and her, her dad, her biological dad is in Texas and he's Haitian. So that's what's going on with Yvonne. So it made it like a lot easier. Everybody, it was probably, it, it sounded like it was a little, cause it was close knit and tight knit. Everybody was, I would say more understanding is what you say. Cause everybody know everybody. That's what it is. Everybody knows everybody. Everybody has to work with each other. And so, and then the nice thing is that I started seeing like, you know, because uh, most of my girlfriends were black mm -hmm. and I started seeing like, oh, I don't have, like all of them are different, you know, all of them uh, have their own unique style and they were raised in a black family, but right. that just makes them the same person. Right. So that was really inform informative for me and, and how I was growing up at the time to realize like, okay, I can have my own unique background, but that doesn't mean I'm not a black woman, you know? Right. So that really helped a lot to finally embrace that side of myself. Like, okay. Um, so yeah, and, and the, those girls are still my girlfriends. Like I'm the godmother for one of, the, one of them, for their kids. Um, Shout out to them. Maybe, yeah, and so we're like, that, that really healed me, to be honest with you. I feel like that really healed me before I entered into the real world because it's very, painful to be rejected by your own people and not know why, you know, as a kid, right? As a teenager, you just feel like you're not enough, you know? So yeah, I speak to that a lot though, thankfully, now that I get to talk to young girls. Mm -hmm. I talk to them, like I went to Atlanta and talked to some girls and one of the girls uh, asked like about struggling with identity and she was Muslim. So mm. she had a job and mm -hmm. I just asked her, is that something that you, are challenged with being out here and she's like absolutely you know because she's still a black woman right she's right religion that's visible you know? right so and everybody struggles within the and some people are saying that you know they're from from somewhere in the south so then people tease them because that they sound too like you know country to country so everybody has something that that can either set them apart or make them feel out of place but honestly it just means like we're all unique so <laughs> just deal with it <laughs> right and i guess people are are afraid of things that they're not used to or some people have a certain expectation of what they feel a certain you know a certain person or how a certain race or a certain gender should act so they place that 
upon everybody else, which I feel is yeah. it, that's what that's what kind of causes the whole confusion. But it's funny. It's pretty cool to see, though. You kind of you kind of figured it out kind of early, which was in high school. Because I see a lot of people that still, like, I think you still have grown adults that still struggle with what, what I'm going to say, what I say, identity crisis. Yeah, yeah. You know, and it, it's, it's pretty cool to see that you figured it out. Well, so, I would say that that started, mm -hmm. but I, I would actually say that I figured it out because it's funny. My husband's Black. His family's yeah. from, uh, like, Virginia and D.C. And... <laughs> I'll get sides, which are basically script pieces uh -huh. for my audition. Okay. And if I read by the language that they want me to kind of sound a certain way, you yeah. know, I like probably just sound, they like to call it urban. Right. <laughs> we know what we know what urban is. Urban is this. Yes. <laughs> yes. yes. It's I, <laughs> I can tell by the way it's written that they want her to sound, you know, more urban. Uh, and that's fine because it's the it's the it's the character. They want her to be this character, and that's depending on who wrote it. Sometimes you know it's okay. I understand, but that comes across my desk, and Chuck immediately tells me like, "Babe, you're doing some kind of accent thing right now that's not working for you." <laughs> it goes into some kind of country. Just it's bad, and so I've just learned. Look. This is Yvonne, and obviously acting's acting. So if yeah. it was, you know, I can change if that's true. But at a certain point, you're gonna get Yvonne saying these lines. And if you want, you know, Tiffany Haddish saying these lines, uh, like, you gotta go get Tiffany Haddish. You go get Tiffany Haddish because she doesn't have an authenticity that Yvonne just doesn't tap into. <laughs> Understood. I get you on that. So, so we, it has been its own kind of. Uh, it's, it's a continual process, you know. It's continual process throughout so, everything. Let me ask, because I want to get into that too, right? But let me backtrack real quick. Uh, so we go from, you started off at, uh, you went to El Camino? Yeah, I went to Elko. That's where okay. I decided to get after. You went to Elko, right. You uh, was a, uh, you studied, was you major, what was it, performing arts? So uh, I started as a business major. I had quit school for a year and a half to try to be a model. And uh -huh. So I went back to school and then right. I took a class in everything I liked and I landed on acting and became a theater arts major. Understood. And then you went from there to did you you went to you try you uh you got your bachelor's too, right? I'll say Long Beach. That's when I that's when I got with y'all. So I was yeah. at Elko when I transferred to y'all. I actually wanted to transfer to the Carson store because it's close to where I lived. Right. But I ended up um uh, they needed a person at the Long Beach store, so I transferred there, thinking it was just gonna be temporary. Got transferred no. to South Bay Long Beach, and I was like, "Yo, this is the best gig!" I was literally running to my car from like uh, from rehearsals and yes. to get in the car to come to the night shift with y'all. Would uh -huh. not have stayed it if I was in Carson, so it was just the perfect setup. And I was there for like seven years, eight you, years. You, Yvonne, that you people, I don't. People, I think some people might have you confused. Your hustle, <laughs> your hustle was ridiculous. People don't understand. Oh my! Listen, I remember Yvonne. You was the only one, right? Like I swear, like I wouldn't even say you was just the one that everybody loved, right? So it's oh. like Yvonne, we you had you would you had the shortest shift sometimes, right? <laughs> 
You would come in with the natural hair, it'll be bouncing, you'll just be happy. Oh, hey guys. You have your little folder, go to the back, come out with your folder. You probably be at work for three hours and get a thousand activations, and everybody's been there eight hours and got one. <laughs> and then you would leave three hours later on your way to an audition. I'm like, what the hell? And then we look at the board and look at all the activations. Yvonne got a hundred million. And I'm working eight hours and I only got five. I'm like, what? I don't even know how the hell she did it, man. I don't I don't know either. I really, you know what it was? I'm telling y'all, it was that Spanish because my families were loyal. My Latino right. family, yeah. they would be like, okay, now we're bringing my tia, now we're bringing abuelito. Like, it was a Spanish. I, I don't know. I think it was more, it, even, it, it was more than, it was just more than the Spanish because you, everybody, Everybody likes it. Then you had some of the guys that would try to hit on you. You would never go for them, never fall for it, never nothing. The only guy I ever seen you fall for is the one that's your husband right there. <laughs> you would never fall for none of it. Then you have the hair to be just popping out, and then you just be speaking the Spanish and then flip it back to English and shit. I'm like, oh my God. I love you, Troy, because you're like one of the few people who like really, really knew me back then. Mm -hmm. because on it and like it's so it's so funny to get you <laughs> I'm saying, it was pretty dope though man you, <laughs> you was the first person i seen when i from, when i heard you speak spanish i was confused <laughs> you feel me i was confused i'm like what the i'm like okay well maybe she just learned it in you know maybe she learned it in school or some shit because at that time afro latina that whole term and everything it wasn't I don't even know if it existed. <laughs> you know, so it was we there was no no term for it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah, and, yeah. Then, and then once the term come, I'm like, oh, that's Yvonne. <laughs> I'm like, oh, that's Yvonne. That's a trip, man. We went on so many auditions around that time, right? I went on a ton of auditions, a ton of auditions. And they would be in LA, yo, like. Uh -huh. Because this wasn't the Zoom thing. Nowadays, it's easier because people are Zooming auditions. I could have just gone to the back room and done my audition. You know, if it was back in the day, right. nah, I had to like get in my car, drive to LA for literally like a 10 minute audition, mm -hmm. drive myself back. And, you know, sometimes I'd be splitting a shift. <laughs> if you like, right. I drive out for lunchtime, maybe come back like 15 minutes too late, you know, but uh -huh. just fly back in there and just have to make it work. But by the grace of God, honestly, I just know grace that got me through all of that because it would be just, I had, I had incredible managers. We always had great managers at that time. Uh -huh. uh, really understand it. I had incredible reps like y'all who would switch uh -huh. on me Switch, switch with me on a dime, mm -hmm. right? Like I'd hit y'all because I'd find out the night before and be like, oh my gosh, Troy, definitely you did switch with me several times and mm -hmm. I'm so grateful. Oh, not a problem. Um, you know, and so I just was really blessed to have a job. It's, that's the hardest part about being an actor is your, is your livelihood, like that accommodating such a crazy, hectic lifestyle. Right. You know? So I was really blessed to have y'all in my, on my corner. Oh, I, I appreciate that. Was it, is it, is it anything that you thought it was going to be like being, cause let me, okay, well, should I ask you this? Do you feel like an actress or you just, you just feel like, like, what is it? Does the feeling change? Like what it, you know, what is it? You know? Um, what I will say is like, it, it's easier 
my auditions are easier now. I was definitely very nervous about, it's like what we talk about, your identity, right? Like mm -hmm. figuring out what your gift is and if you're allowed to do it the way you want to do it. So finally accepting like, all right, you might want so-and-so, you might want like a, let's say a cheerleader for this commercial to say X, Y, Z, right? Mm -hmm. And then before it would be like, okay, maybe make it to match their brand, make it to, and all those things matter. But then the day, like I had to just be okay with, okay, this is the package I come in. This is the voice that comes out of me. And this is my own sense of humor, my own whatever that I bring to the table. And I'm just gonna give them that because I could do that the best. And so that took a while to accept. So now when I get auditions and everything, I feel much more confident about what's for me is for me. If it's mine, it's mine. And so I'm just going to give them the best me I can because they either want Yvonne to be this person or they need somebody else. And that's all right. Understood. So it feels a lot easier to audition now, which is a, a gift. That, that's, that's, a, that's, a, that's a good thing right there. It makes because you put in your 10,000 hours. So everything starts to change. <laughs> now, how, how did you, because it sounds like, because you, you wanted to be a model at first and then you got into, what, what made you just wanted to start acting when you was at Elko? It was a class uh, taught by Mr. Ron Scarlatta. I did an improv class and he gave people a card and was like, this is who you're going to be and mm -hmm. this is who you're going to be. We didn't know who we were to each other until we got into the scene. So it felt very real. Right. And I had a scene where I was a teacher and I had flunked out someone's student because I thought he needed to take the class again, but I knew he had a learning disability. So I didn't want to be easy on him because I felt the world wouldn't be easy on him. Meanwhile, the dad comes in and he's pissed that, mm -hmm. I, that he's been flunked or whatever. And then he drops the bomb that the, you know, in the scene that his son committed suicide. Mm -hmm. okay. So then for me, it felt like it switched into like such a real scenario that I kind of was in it, right? And it just, mm -hmm. and then when the lights cut off after the scene was over, it was like, what was that experience? Whatever it was, I want to do it again. Because it, like it felt like an outer body experience. It felt like I was really that teacher. He was really the dad. I was not Yvonne anymore. Like it was just, uh, it's all natural high and I loved it so much that I said, you know, I got to do it again. So that's when I made it my major because I was really nervous about switching from business because business seemed very practical. You know? I understood. But I just trusted God to handle everything and sure enough, he did. He, like you said, like all this, the stuff we're talking about, you know, right. I, I, I didn't know why people were coming in to activate with me either. I just felt like it was... <laughs> I pray like God. I got. I just have this much time. I don't want them to fire me. <laughs> yeah. One thing I can say, you definitely it showed. You definitely kept kept your faith the whole time. I swear to you, man. You was like, you was so damn disciplined on everything you was trying to accomplish and just who you were trying to be. And it seemed like the shit just worked. You was dedicated to your faith to everything, even just to the job, to your auditions, even when you met your husband, it was just like the dedication was just like, I think it was just so dope, you know? Oh. But I, I gotta ask you, how did you uh, get to, you went from that, how you go from T-Mobile to just on BET Ruthless, like what, where, 
How did you, how did the ruthless thing come up? I'll tell you, I'll tell you. Um, what I will Wait, say what's your character name on there again? Is it Tally? What's the name? Tally. There you go, Tally. <laughs> there you go. How did you become Tally all of a sudden? Tally, Tally. So what I will say is this. I definitely feel like it rolled from there, um, from booking to ET. So I worked at T-Mobile for 15 years. I don't think people realize that. Like off and on, because uh -huh. when I left for school, for grad school in USC, University of South Carolina, I quit. Mm -hmm. But then my mom was the one who was like, baby, just ask me for your job every summer. I was like, mom, they're not gonna hire me seasonally. Sure enough, they were like, oh, we don't have to train you and you got customers over here? Right. Oh, come back every summer. Let's do it, <laughs> right. <laughs> so that's what I was doing. And then I stayed for two years after I graduated. And then I, I really felt like, okay, I'm, I feel like I can leave and work with my husband full time. Mm -hmm. And so a month after I finally quit the second time, I was in Atlanta because I had booked the Bobby Brown story. Oh, you was, uh, damn. I think yeah. I saw the Bobby Brown story. I can't it's remember. It's okay, it's all right. Because I still have people who are like, wait, you played, you played Robin Crawford? Like Whitney's Robin Crawford? I'm like, yeah, that was Oh, yeah, shit. Oh, man, I'm about to go back and watch that. <laughs> That's crazy. Look it up, look it up, look it up. So that was that was confirmation for me, like, okay, you're headed in the right direction. Uh -huh. so you're right. So then I just was driving Uber for two years to mm -hmm. supplement our business. Because our business is doing well, but I mean those it's LA. It's expensive out here. Yes. Um, you know, and so for two years I was just off and on dri driving Uber the whole time and Lyft. Mm -hmm. Uh and then I got a call back. I had like a really, I just talked about it on um, Clubhouse. Mm -hmm. I, I got to you know, find you on Clubhouse too. Yeah, find me mm -hmm. on Clubhouse. <laughs> um, so I think all along the journey, there were breakdowns. There were moments that I was like, nope, I'm done. This is, this is taking too long. You know, I've been in the game for like, by that time, like eight years, if you include my school, you know, um, right. it, was just, it was just really taxing. And I had a big breakdown. I didn't want to talk to God. I said, I was like, God, don't talk to me <laughs> in the car. Right. Don't talk to me right now. I'm so mad. Right. And I drove and sat in this field because when uh, the the valley area, mm. I just thought about things and I was gonna go to back. I was like, I'm gonna go back to school because I need to make money and I don't like feeling like you know I, I have no control over everything. And then that night, I got my residual check after one year mm. from Bobby Brown. So there's mm -hmm. money. Mm -hmm. All at once, a big check. It was, and it was a big one. It was big. Gotcha. And so that like happened at three in the morning that night. Three in the morning, my husband woke me up like, "Hey, we got a big amount of money in the account." I was like, "Is it a bill? Is it a bill?" I'm freaking out. He's like, ah, it's a deposit. Right. It's, it's a deposit. It's for us. It's to a pay the bills. Right. Troy, when I tell you, we're looking at the phone three in the morning. Uh huh comes in, an email comes in from my agent saying, mm -hmm. you have a callback in Atlanta for Top Perry's sisters, right? 3 a.m. 3 a.m. I was like 4 a.m. because of the time difference. But yeah, right? like early, early. And so I was like, oh, I got the money to pay for it. Nah, Tyler Perry, he does first class for all his callbacks. He flew us first class for a callback. For a callback. That means you're not even booked yet. Like you just might get. You just auditioning, right? He just wanted to see what you got. Yep. Oh, that's and that dope. happened that night, and I did not get sisters, obviously. Mm -hmm. um, but I did 
it was funny because um, I was on the plane going back and mm -hmm. I was watching Robin Hood with, uh, with Jamie Foxx and the other actor. And mm -hmm. they're supposed to blow up this castle, but they mess up. Oh no, they're supposed to get the gold from the castle, but they mess up and they blow it up instead, right? Mm -hmm. Robin Hood's super pissed off. And I was watching this on the plane back. Right, right. call back. And Robin Hood is super pissed off, but Jamie Foxx is like super excited, right? And he's like, man, why are you so excited? Like, we didn't get the gold, right? And he's like, right. ah, but now they know our name. And I mm. felt like in my heart, I felt like in my spirit, that was for me. It was like, because I didn't book it. Right. I didn't book it. Two weeks passed. I didn't even get it. You know, I didn't get any kind of notification. People I knew were already shooting it. <laughs> right okay it's harder to watch social media and people are like hey i want to say it like i'm filming you know right uh so it was tough those two weeks uh but i did keep that in my heart like they he knows my name right, right. like tyler saw me in person i did a great job i believe and we'll just move forward so then two weeks pass i see people filming sisters the oval things are moving along and that's right. kind of like an audition for Tally for the Oval. And, and that was just supposed to be a recurring role for eight episodes. Mm -hmm. It was still bigger than I'd ever done. Like all I had before that was one episode co-stars of just like one page of dialogue. Okay. And now here comes eight days of work. And I was blown away. I go out there, I film it, it goes really well. Uh, I give Mr. Perry a thank you card because I'm big on thank you cards. Okay. And I say, thank you, it's my last day on set. He's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's your last day today, but it won't be your last time here. We're going to bring you back. Oh, I know that was a feeling right there. <laughs> no, like, Ooh, what you mean? Uh, I know, I was like, what, what you? But obviously, he just keeps rolling. So you're just like, uh, thank you. And he and just he, said it like that, just that, just just that simple. It. Right, and so for me, I was like, okay, that means I did a great job. He's gonna bring you back someday, right? Two, like maybe a month later, maybe two months later, I think I have eight, eight scripts, eight episodes with my name on it, just emailed to me. And then it turns out he had already been planning this series, Ruthless, and had our characters in mind, and put me and Melissa, uh, who's the lead, Ruth, mm -hmm. into the entire series that he just wrote with our characters. Just like that. So Damn. I did an audition for the series regular. So, so that's true when they say, when you go in that room and you audition, you're not really just auditioning for that role. Mm -hmm. You, you, are, you yeah. auditioning for a, whatever, a bunch, a plethora of things that they may have that come in the future. Yep, especially with Tyler Perry, because the man does not forget. He does not forget. I've heard stories on the way over there. Someone said, oh yeah, he met my friend at a party. Said, you have a really good look. Give me your information. I'm gonna come up with a role for you. A year later, he hits her up. I have your role, here it is. Tyler Perry is genius. <laughs> He's a genius. He just writes like a fiend. He just write series after series after series, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so it was just such a blessing. And then, you know, here comes COVID. And no oh, yeah. Except for Mr. Perry. He's the only one who figured it out for Georgia. 
he talked to the mayor, talked to all the medical professionals, figured it all out. So his people, because you know it affected the black community right. worse than other communities. And so he really took it seriously and was the only one in Hollywood working. Oh wow, that Tyler Perry, <laughs> you gotta give a man his props. You you, you how did you you saw the studio in person, right? You work at the yeah. studio. Yeah. It's crazy. Is it really that crazy? Kingdom. It's a kingdom. It's just massive and trees on trees on trees and studios for miles. And then he put in all the housing to house mm -hmm. the people in the bubble. Okay. So all the staff, all the crew, everybody gets tested in. They stay there and then they just get tested every three days the whole time you're filming. Oh, that's pretty dope. Are you everybody stays there? You filming? You you're not filming at the moment, are you? No, Tyler films a whole series in two. <laughs> wait, wait a minute. What? How you a whole series in two weeks? Yep. A whole series in two weeks. So you not you don't get no days off. No days off. Zero days off. No days off. How um, many how many episodes? We did a like more than twenty four this this season. Yep. Yep, yep. The thing that people don't realize is like, he comes from theater and so I feel like that's why he works the way he does. It's like you're in a play because you only do it once. You don't pick it up and do it over and over and over again all day. You do the scene, you go in, you handle your business, you're out, you're on to the next scene. So yeah, that, that's how he works. So you literally will have a day of like 30 scenes back to back and you just like go, 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 go. So that grad school, that undergrad, like that was key because mm -hmm. I, that's where I learned how to like memorize a whole play where I'm on stage the entire time and I have the whole play memorized so that I can just keep going, going, going. It's pretty much the same thing on Tyler Perry, on a Tyler Perry set, you know? I memorize everything. I memorize all my episodes as if it's a play ahead of time. And I then, understood. And then I go through it. And there's somebody there to call line if you need it, you know? Mm -hmm. it's like, the end of the world, but don't be doing it every time. <laughs> Honest, you got to know your lines. You got to know your lines. How, how is it? Because I always wonder, is it when you break down your lines and you study and you get this big old thick book of all the whole script, how do you break that down? And Are you breaking this down per so, episode? You break, Are you just know the whole entire script? How the hell? I do. My process is I use a an app called Line Learner, okay. where you record all the lines, uh, including the other people's lines. So say if it was a conversation between me and you, I would hit their lines, like I hit the button that says their line, and I would say like, your line. Hey, Yvonne, how you doing today? Then I'd hit my line button, and I'd say like, I'm doing great, Troy, thanks for asking. So I would, I spent a whole day just reading the entire script and putting it on the app. So now <sighs> I have it on my phone, and I can listen to it wherever I want so I can speed it up, I can slow it down, I can take out your lines so mm -hmm. that it's only giving, I can take out my lines so it's only giving me your cue lines. And then I say mine in those spaces. Um, so honestly, I did that as soon as I got the script. And then there's a strategy that if you write the first letter of each word on the side of the line, so say if it was like, hey, how are you? You would uh -huh. write H comma H A Y question mark. Okay. Then you put your hand over the main lines and you just see the letters and you try to figure out like what, what do those letters stand for again? Hey, how are you? 
and I would just go through the script that way, it actually allowed, lines come back to you faster if you're remembering something rather than if you're just like memorizing it and trying to take it in. Actually having to recall something mm -hmm. forms a stronger memory in your mind than just words on a paper and you trying to recall what the words look like. It's like, I have to know what these mean, what these letters mean. What I understood. It's and a science to it. There's a science to it. I looked it up. It's like the synapses in your brain fires off much faster and much deeper than if you're just trying to memorize a script. So that has, I don't know how it works, but I will tell you it works. Like understood. you memorize like this and then I will just say it every day. I will work out and say my lines every day until, until I was on set, which for me was about like, this last time was about a, six weeks. So I had a long time, Damn. but the last time was like two and a half weeks. Damn, Matt, you didn't have enough time two and a half weeks. Yeah. Tyler yeah. Perry probably would have kicked somebody like me off the, off the set because <laughs> not knowing me, Yvonne, I probably would have practiced my lines and I would have just got out there and got in my emotions and just ad lib everything. Like, I don't know. <laughs> they would have fired me. I would have lost. <laughs> I would be in, no, I would probably be in character most definitely. But as far as the script that they gave me, oh my God, I would probably rearrange the whole script he'll probably be so pissed off and kick me out the damn shit that's hilarious the problem is like you gotta know your lines not just for yourself you gotta know them for your partner because for your partner might have just memorized that you say yes right before he says his line so if he doesn't get that yes he's over here in a lurch like bro you just messed me all the way up you know not saying you but right. I'm just, and for me that was the pressure i felt like okay i don't want to mess up my lines myself and i don't want to mess up my lines for whoever just busted their butt trying to memorize their lines so it. it's a team thing i got you yeah it, it was it's it was, you know it was so crazy to hear you say when you when you kind of uh you didn't lose faith you kind of just you know sometimes you get upset yeah when you feel like you've been working so hard and yeah. things is just not going your way right Right. And that you know what that reminded me of? Mm -hmm. Do you remember the time we went to Buffalo Wild Wings? Was that Buffalo Wild Wings or that was a uh... up on the top where we're bowling? No, Yvonne. Here you you gonna remember this when I tell you the story. <laughs> you remember it. We went to Buffalo oh, Wild Okay, in Long Beach. Yeah, but oh, in Long Beach when you were singing Usher. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't remember. Know, look, remember, look, remember, yeah, look, remember, it was all of us, the whole team went out oh. that day, and we, you know, in, in, in Buffalo Wild Wings, you know, you can go select the music to play, <laughs> and we was there later than everybody, so we kind of had control over the music, and we was just loud singing, and we went and picked Usher, but the whole time we were singing other songs, you, you was there, but you really wasn't singing, I promise you, Yvonne. When that usher came, <laughs> I was like, "Damn!" Hey, I was like, "Wait a minute, is she supposed to sing this?" She said to the Lord, "What the hell going on?" <laughs> Which song hey, am I am I missing right I now? I can't remember what song it was, yeah. but it was that day. Every that that was like the highlight of our night. Like it was so dope because it was like. I don't know, it was just dope, but it was just like, you know, I find it to, ah, she's still, she, oh, she, she's like, 
Because at, at one point, it was like, I would look at you like, shit, I, I don't want to do no, you don't want to do no bad shit in front of you. Nah, no, that's like, that's like your auntie or something that, you know, like, nah, that's, nah, like, I can't do that. And then we, <laughs> Then when I saw you singing Usher, I was like, oh, <laughs> shit. Oh, I was Yeah, I was surprised. <laughs> like, what the heck? You had, because you had always been cool and like dope, but it was just like, it was just like a shocker. Like, oh, man, Yvonne is crazy. Like, she used to listen to Usher back in the day, too, huh? Bro, yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was into so many things. I, Eminem was like my favorite rapper. Well, right, not my right. favorite rapper, but like, mm-hmm. I knew all his lyrics. I love Bone Thugs, like right. all of that, those high school days. <laughs> right. Let me ask you this. What else do you got coming up, like as far as work? Do you got anything you can let the people know that you're working on? Or, or... I do, I do. I'm really excited about this because it's what we were just talking about. So uh-huh. Disney Plus has a movie called Sneakerella. Okay. Uh, which is funny because I do remember I like got schooled on all the sneakers uh-huh. working at T-Mobile uh-huh. because that yeah. was the only way y'all could accessorize. Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> you had to wear the, the shirts. We call them Mangenta because they're uh-huh. pink, but the yeah. boys had to wear them. So y'all yep. wear the Mangenta shirts and the black slacks, but everybody had some cool kicks on. Yeah, me and Junior, for sure. We are, yeah. Y'all, uh-huh. kick game was real tough. So Sneakerella is uh, like Cinderella, but modern day, and it's based off of like it's sneaker culture. Oh shit! When this come out? It comes out in fall, I believe, of twenty twenty one. I just finished filming it in Toronto. Yeah. Well, is it a movie, a documentary, or what is it? It's a movie. It's a musical, and it's live action. So we actually are ourselves in it, and there's dancing and there's singing, and the dancing is like sick. These dancers are very talented, right. and takes place so basically it's like uh it's called sneakerella and it's a role reversal so that cinderella's character is played by the guy and then the prince's character is played by my daughter the princess Mm -hmm. so she meets him and he's kind of from lower class or whatever because they're just they just have a sneaker store that they're trying to make work or whatever. And he has a stepdad and stepbrothers. Mm-hmm. And then we have a sneaker empire. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. I, hold on. Let, I'm sorry. Let me stop you. I'm trying to understand this. So they made, they put the guy in the Cinderella situation and the woman the reverse. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I got you. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. Go ahead. No, mm-hmm. it's okay. It's okay. Mm-hmm. So we have a sneaker empire, which is why we're called, and we're the king family. So, mm-hmm. we're, you know, we're the royals. And John Sally is playing my husband, the king. Oh, shit. <laughs> and I play the queen. Okay. So it's really exciting. But what I was saying is, like, I love that they specifically asked for an all-black family. Like, they just wanted a royal family, but they wanted a black mom, black dad. And I think for representation, it's really important, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it's, it's incredible. It's a beautiful project. It's done really well. Like, it's really fun and then chosen and Lexi, those are the main characters. Okay. The voices are incredible. Like they're just phenomenal. And uh and it's funny because real hush huts have only been able to hear their songs because uh they won't let you hear any songs you're not in. <laughs> oh okay, gotcha. <laughs> you know? Real uh, exclusive. It's exclusive. And mm-hmm. so the only ones I've been able to see is when they were filming. And it's just, it's real magical. So that comes out in 2021. It's going to be on Disney Plus. 
And um, that one is one I'm very, very, very excited about. You got John, Sally, who else is, what other stars in that? So because it's, uh, it's mainly the younger kids, so then those stars are like Lexi Underwood, who plays my daughter. She okay. was the daughter on Little Fires Everywhere, Kerry Washington's daughter. Okay. We saw that with Reese Witherspoon. And then Chosen Jacobs has been on the It movies. Uh, and he has like oh. so many millions of subscribers. Basically, it's like, you know, the, the kids. <laughs> gotcha. Like, those, those are like the popular people in the, in the generation underneath us. <laughs> gotcha. Understood. Yeah. So, um, so those are the leads. And then uh, it's Robin Alomar. She plays my other daughter. Uh, she's on Utopia Falls. So they definitely have a lot of people in the um, in that generation that mm -hmm. are doing great things right now. Yeah. Got you. Let me ask you: what, What's the best advice you would say, or if any, what was the best advice you would say that you received from Tyler Perry and or working at the studio, just being in that environment? I would say the best advice I received from Mr. Perry was we had a conversation once and. Uh, he just, he admired, you know, my point of view on something and that I was okay with stating it, you know what I mean? Mm. And he said, I really respect the fact that you, uh, that you stand up for what you believe in, you know? Mm -hmm. And he said, that's a principle, he's talking about himself, he said, that's a principle that I live my life with on a mm -hmm. regular basis. And he said, you know, don't ever lose that because it's very important for you to, you know, have your principles and have what you stand up for. So right. that for me, the fact that he took me aside to have that conversation was very, uh, was definitely something that I'm not gonna forget because he is somebody who has, we know, has really stuck to his guns about a lot of things. You know, like people have definitely asked for him to change on certain notes, but he has a system that works for him. He right. just became a billionaire on Forbes, like, well, <laughs> It's obviously it's successful. It's working. You can't tell that man nothing, right? <laughs> he know what he's doing. So it's successful. So you mm -hmm. can't argue with that. And so I really love that he he pointed that out specifically. He was like, you know, it's it's very important to just stay stay true to yourself, basically. To stay true to yourself in this game because a lot of people want you to do what they want you to do mm -hmm. or change it up or something. And you can be open, obviously, to advice. But right. at the end of the day, you have to do what you feel peace about, you know. Understood. So I, I definitely feel like that's important for all of us to, to realize in the industry. Is like, there's going to be some roles that you love and some roles that you're like, you know what, this just maybe isn't for me. And, you know, it can go into that. It can go into scripts. It can go into just anything in the industry. You know what I mean? So it's important to just really continue to be around people like your friends and your family to remind yourself of who you actually are. Mm -hmm. So you can carry that into an industry that will ask you to switch things up sometimes. Got you. You, yeah. you know what's so funny, Yvonne, because you kind of mentioned something earlier. It's like when you, um, when you get frustrated, you don't lose face. You just, you just get frustrated and you get upset and you kind of remember you put it in the back of your mind, like he don't he didn't forget my name, so it's almost like it gives you something to look forward to and something to push to. And like for me, we've been doing I, I've been doing this the whole podcast thing with me and I because I we have basically I got a co-host too, well a host right and um, 
but we have we 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 making our our channel a network. So you know we have a separate show. He has a separate show. I have a separate show, and then we have our show together, and then we all put it on one platform. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. But it's just it, it's just funny to see how sometimes some people don't know how you affect their life or how you affect not I'm not even gonna say I would say yeah I, I guess I would say life because for me too I was getting frustrated at one point and then for you to DM me and reply back is like oh shit you know what I'm saying it's like Maybe I am doing the right thing. I'm not supposed. Maybe I am supposed to be doing this. You know what I'm saying? Because it's like she don't have. She. This is a woman that's been doing what she's been doing for so long. She don't got to take the time out to. Even if she do know me, she don't owe me anything. She don't got to take the time out to talk to me or nothing. You know what I'm saying? So it was. It, it's almost like a confirmation. A, there you go. It's confirmation, and not only that. And to see where you come from and putting in so much work, because nowadays we in the microwave era. And I noticed that, you know, it's certain people like you don't come from that. Like you don't come from the, oh, shit, let me let me put this plate in the meal for three minutes and then it's just cooked and it's just just, just meal. No, you come from you got to take your time. You got to cook it. And sometimes you got to learn how to cook. Then you gotta make sure it come out right. And then eventually once you got it, you got it. So you come from that whole putting in work and the hard work pays off ordeal. So it's almost like when a person like me, and I only been doing this in particular for a year, think about quitting it, but then I gotta I, I have a an actress. I'm not even gonna I'm sorry, I can't even I cause I still look at you like Yvonne, right? <laughs> but like you were really an actress though. You know what I'm saying? Like, you are an actress on Tyler Perry shows and shit like that. So it's like, it's just, it's just confirmation and it's just motivation. And I want to say I appreciate appreciate you for that because I think it was one time, it's a story and it was so simple. And I don't think you realize how it affected me too. Because there's a lot of people at T-Mobile that affected me in certain ways and people don't know. <laughs> I was always, you know me, I'm always clowning. So I'm always like, a jokester and shit. Like, nothing, nothing gets him down. You know, like that's the way we see you is like impervious to anything. Like, it's just water off a duck's back at all times, you know. But that's nobody, right? Nobody's actually like that all the time. Right, right, right. And you know, that's so funny because that's how I looked at you too, right? <laughs> but yeah. what you know what was crazy is because let me tell you how you don't know how you uh, what you said one time and it was something simple <laughs> i was clowning at work one day and you know i used to do this little voice and shit and you came up and you said uh i don't know how the conversation came about all i know is you said and you said it real quick you said troy you should do voiceovers and i think i don't know if you walked out or some shit like that i don't know right and I was like, hmm, I said, that's funny. I said, that's funny she said that because that's the shit my mama said she always wanted to do. So it was crazy to me in my head, like, what the hell she said that? And then I don't even know if you remember, but I asked you about it. You remember? I asked you about it on a separate day. And then the separate day, you went as far as like, yeah, 
I think you should do it. And you told me, you said, and I'll help you out too. That's what you want to do. And I was just like, damn. But I guess at the time, I don't know. I was like, it just was, it just didn't seem real to me, right? And then like, like now today, I'm like, damn, I probably could have really had did that shit. You and then I just, yeah, I'm sure, because I, I, I play around all the time. I'm like, damn, that shit would be dope. Said, like, I, I look like, damn, I would probably really have fun with that. But I say that to say, like, sometimes when you around people and certain people, you don't know the things that you say, how they can affect people. This as well as people, this as well as how you may have been through certain things and, you know, you may have got teased here and there or bullied or something like that. People don't know how the positive things you say, how far those go along too. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And and that, that was just my, you know, my point in that, you know. But enough of the mushy shit with me, you know what I'm saying? You know, <laughs> but I want to tell you I appreciate you for that. But that means so much to me. That means so, so, so much to me. Right, right. Let me ask you, what that before I close out, right? Because I know you probably got stuff to do and, you know, <laughs> you might got some scripts and some lines to go on. Thankfully not. I do have some, I, funnily enough, I do have some voiceovers to record. I just signed with the voiceover agency. What you got? What you got? It's just some um, projects like, uh, we obviously can't say what they are, but they've been doing a lot of, um, it can be video games. It can be cartoons. Hit me up, Troy. I'll okay. We gonna talk. <laughs> okay, got you. I'm gonna hit you up. I'm gonna hit you up. That's what I'm talking about. But let me ask you, what like, cause, what advice would you give to, 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 just to just to just what to the young girls in general coming up? Because I feel like. We don't have enough good, like, we don't have, there's no balance in, in, in examples that we have out here right now, right? It's not enough. Like, it, you don't see the, you, you know, you putting in your work, you, you know, you, you following your faith. You don't have to be, you know, naked all day. Or you don't have to twerk on the internet all day. You don't have to talk this way. You can be married and not only be married, be faithful to your husband and vice versa. And you guys can work together. And because your husband is a photographer, right? Is he still a photographer? Yeah, we have a production company, uh, MFC Entertainment. We do photography and videography. And he taught right. me how to shoot when we started dating so that I was able to leave T Mobile to help him with the editing and the filming and all those things. So we work together. On oh, y'all, a real power couple. Yeah. Oh shit, we got Jay-Z and Beyonce in the building. <laughs> but what advice would you give like the the you the young girls coming up? Just just in general, what would you what, what what's the best piece of advice you can give them? I say it's very important what you put in front of you. So, you know, social media is wonderful. Mm -hmm. It's gonna give you a skewed version, and I'm guilty of it too. Mine's okay. on the fitness side. Sometimes I'm like, dang, this is taking too long. Like, you're actually in my weight room. I don't know if y'all can see. I know, I do be seeing you. You be on there working it out and stuff. I be my seeing you. Stuff, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so I, I'm guilty of it, too. Sometimes we get, we put, whatever we put in front of us really affects us. You know, whatever we put in our line of sight. Mm -hmm. and so, I would say balance it, you know, with, people that are where you want to be. So there's a ton of interviews right now. 
about um, on on these. If you're an actor, an aspiring actor, you know you're an actor, but you just are aspiring for the career of it. Mm-hmm. Start watching the interviews of all your people that you want to become like, and that way you are reminded of your goals because if you don't put something in front of you and also write it down, like I wrote down that I wanted to be a series regular and I learned it from Melissa L. Williams who every day for a whole year, her and her mom and her sister were calling each other or texting each other the the goal, the the prayer that they had for that year, what they wanted to be. And hers was a series regular, the lead. And she contacted me and I wrote it down and sure enough, you know, I was a series regular, but I think it has to do with whatever you put in front of you because Otherwise, then you just fall victim to like seeing other people's lives and feeling like that's, you're never going to achieve it, you know, or seeing the too good to be true life and feeling like, oh, that's, that's not my story. But you start listening to these interviews by the people who are where you want to be, just like this one, right? Mm-hmm. People might see me and be like, oh, she just popped up. They don't know like the 15 years of T-Mobile. You put in the work. You ain't just pop up. You know, and right. so for them, they're like, Oh, okay, I can relate to driving Uber. I can relate to having to ask for a day off or switch shifts to like get to an audition. I can relate. So if you can at least relate on the base level, then it's like, oh, so she just kept doing that until it worked. I can keep doing this until it worked. Mm. So that's my advice. Like just learn from the people who are where you want to be because people thrive off of mentorship. And for now, you know, those people can't be your mentors, but interviews like this, are, are pretty much what you would have if you sat down and talked to them anyway. So go ahead and just feed yourself. My husband likes to say, whatever you feed grows, whatever you starve dies. Mm. There's something that you don't want to continue in your life, then you got to starve it. And if there's something you want to grow in your life, you got to feed it. And so that would be my advice. And then again, what Mr. Perry said, of just like stay true to yourself. If there's something that doesn't give you peace in your heart about, like you said, um, you know, what you are willing or not willing to do on camera, trust that what's for you is for you and you will get to your destination without having to sacrifice that part of yourself. And if you are a woman who does not feel like, you know, oh, I can never show this or I can never show that, but you really feel something, girl, go for it. You know, like no judgment, absolutely no judgment. I think mm. everybody has to be true to where they are on that spectrum when it comes to, because women are asked to do things that men are not. That's just bottom line. Mm. You know? that's, a, that's another topic in itself. It is. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. So, so I, I wanna say this. I wanna say, I appreciate you so much for doing this interview, for taking the time out. You definitely didn't have to. I definitely want to say thank you so much. I appreciate you. And I don't want to hold up the rest of your day. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to go. When I end this, I'm going to go ahead and edit it up. (laughs) And, you know, save it, edit it up. And then I'm definitely going to be texting you so we can talk about the, you know, voiceover thing. So I'm definitely going to hit you up. But I just want to say thank you. But let the people know where they can follow you at. Give Give them your social media handle. I will. And before we leave, I just want to say, Troy, mm-hmm. bottom of my heart, I love you. Mm-hmm. I love you too. You. And you, like, it was no question when I saw you hit me up for the podcast. It's like, mm-hmm. I support my friend who supported me. You've always been consistent. Right. Support. 
it was like we never had to worry about oh Troy is saying XYZ behind someone's back because Troy mm-hmm. whatever the XYZ is <laughs> I just believe that so it was just it felt like having a brother mm-hmm. in the crew and I just am very always been very very grateful for you and I'm really blessed for the crew that I got to work with you definitely being one of them so just so you know it, it's giving right back to you. I really appreciate the time. Thank you. I appreciate you and I love you too, man. I hope you have a good day, good evening. And shout out to your husband too, man. Shout out to him, man. Yeah. So you can find me on social media with my first and uh, my maiden last name, Yvonne uh-huh. Sana. Uh, uh-huh. That gets me on all of them. And then Yvonne Sana Jones. On the ones that let me have such a long name, I think Insta doesn't let me. So, <laughs> I mean, you you know you know you know you are on Google, you know, so they can just go to Google and you know they can just go to Google and just type it in and you know I seen the I seen the Evans and not with the Jones on there because I didn't want to be disrespectful to your husband, but I know you had a career, so I didn't know how you know sometimes you want to keep the name. Yeah, you've been, okay. so it's you know. Jones. I just told him when we got married, I was like, you know, I love keeping your last name, but. I did put in some work with this last name, so we just going to keep both of them around. Ah, <laughs> oh, man. Thank you, Yvonne, and God bless you, and I'm going to text you, and make sure you lock my number in, too, if you haven't already. In fact, I think it's already, oh, no, I think it is. It's, you got a new one, so I got it Yeah, here. lock me in. Thank you. I appreciate you, man. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. All right. Have a good day. Bye.